similar to service members tapping into those values of serve and protect that help them to drive their engagement and their their mission both are often more mindful and attentive to the needs of others more attentive to the needs of others that was dr mayor bellison a clinical psychologist and a director of psychological services with northwell health describing a character trait he's encountered among U.S. military veterans and healthcare professionals who are veterans of disasters and a pandemic. Hi, I'm David North. In this conversation, Dr. Bellison will compare traits and traumas, stresses and successes common to each, and the components of a care kit helpful to both. Dr. Bellison oversees the Unified Behavioral Health Center for Military Veterans and Their Families and the Center for Traumatic Stress, Resilience, and Recovery. A big name for a mental health outfit with a big mission. The Center for Traumatic Stress, Resilience, and Recovery. Yeah, I know it's um, it's a mouthful, but just uh, it's CTSRR. And as the name implies, uh, in, in is that... Uh, you know, the focus of the center is to focus on the impact of traumatic stressors across the board, including events like COVID-19, you know, that are beyond what we think of with just stress, where stress might be sort of that everyday kind of uh, wear and tear that we experience. And that certainly is encompassed within the focus of our center. But beyond that, it includes sort of the focus as well on traumatic stress like, you know, being exposed to extreme loss and death and grief. And so we're focused on helping people to both develop resiliencies to withstand and face those traumatic stressors, and then also provide clinical services where indicated to help people recover from some of the impacts of traumatic stress such as conditions like post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety due to stress, or adjustment disorders, as we call it. At the outset of this program, I mentioned a care kit, useful in helping attain and maintain durable mental health. Dr. Bellison says the kit holds tools among pockets he calls the five domains of coping. There are five general areas that have been found in, in the evidence to really promote healing and recovery from this kind of stress. And then people can be sort of flexible about what they do within each domain. There's no one size fits all. Some people like to do one thing versus another. And, and the five domains basically come down to ensuring safety, right? That if one is in a place where they're feeling distressed, worried, fearful, maybe fearful for their, their safety and their selves, finding ways to make sure that safety is ensured. Uh, maybe it's following, you know, making sure to have PPE, following safety protocols, or maybe it's a leader um, making sure that their, uh, that their direct reports are, you know, being taken care of and, and, and the environment is safe and sound for them. Uh, this, the second domain is really achieving something that we would call a calm, which is reducing your kind of body's stress reactions, right? So when we're stressed and tense, our heart rate is going up, our muscles are getting tense. So this could be about doing anything to bring that, um, that tension down. It could be meditation, it could be yoga, it could be breathing exercises, whatever works for the person. 
A third uh, domain is connection. So we find that being connected with others is one of the most robust protective factors in managing stress. You know, as, as, as scary as the dark might be for a child, if her, his or her parent is there in the room, in a dark room with a the child, they feel comforted and safe. And that's true for all of us, that the more that we can feel connected, the more safe that we can feel and the more able we are to cope with stress and other events. The fourth area is, uh, you know, thinking about one's self-efficacy, right? There are problems that come up and knowing how to address those problems. For example, when people were redeployed, they might have had to encounter new, new skills that they had to develop, maybe learning how to do things remotely, for example, and developing the skills you need to meet the, the, the problems at hand is important for managing stress. And the last domain is creating hope looking towards the future. So that, that could look like finding stories of recovery, you know, thinking about, you know, people who have gotten through difficult times, reflecting on one's own values and meaning that helps you to come forward to the future. Dr. Bellison says exploring each domain of coping is a foundation for resilience, a quality essential for those whose mission, under trying conditions, is to help others. And resilience can be supported through teamwork and coaching. The idea of resilience and resilience coaching is tapping into the, the innate abilities that we have to find our way to, through stress, but to help us uh, do it a little bit more purposefully. It's about helping people apply and think about those five domains. So if, if you've mastered it and you're, you're not being impacted by stress, then that's great. But stress is universal. Stress is not always bad even, right? It's often even good. I mean, we could have good events like uh, buying a house or, or having a child that can still evoke a lot of stress. And so helping people to think about these stressors and helping people to understand their stress reactions and then flexibly apply it, right? What works for one person to create calm, let's say, one person might like meditation or breathing, another person might get more uncomfortable with that. So helping people to, to fine tune what works for them, especially in the face of a particular problem, that's what's at the heart of resilience coaching. And that's different than the clinical work that we talk about, which is after an impact has created kind of a, an experience of more symptoms and distress, like having PTSD, it's how, how do we pull out of that? And so there are similar themes and, you know, we all can go through both the experience of stress into resilience as well as into needing more clinical help, but we're trying to help people across the spectrum. A frontline healthcare worker may find help, hope, and resilience among their band of brothers and sisters in action. But their stress and trauma can affect brothers and sisters, spouses, children, and significant others at home. Dr. Bellison applies lessons learned on behalf of service veterans through his work with the Unified Behavioral Health Center for Military Veterans and their families. That was developed because of the recognition that these events, these traumatic stressors have a ripple effect. 
And I like to say it didn't just impact the individual, but you know, if, if for example, there's PTSD, the PTSD is shared. It doesn't belong to just the individual who carries it. It's affecting the whole family. People can be you know, worried about their father or mother who has PTSD. They might feel like they have to be on edge. You know, that, that person might have a little more irritability and therefore that, that affects the family system. And the other thing I want to reference is that, as I said earlier about the five domains of coping, connection is the most robust protective factor and the most robust factor in recovery as well. So who better to be connected with than one's family? And when these stressors occur, sometimes it erodes the connection, largely because when we experience these events, we sometimes go into some sense of isolation, feeling alone with it, and we're not sure how to come out of it. So what we do in the, in the Veterans Center and what we hope to be doing as well with our healthcare members over time is finding ways to bring the family together, to heal together and to uh, be resilient together. And you know, that looks like reviewing some events in a safe and careful way so that everybody is kind of understanding what has happened and how life trajectories have been impacted by these events. It's bringing up information on how these events can affect people and therefore, um, you know, helping family members understand the impact on the person who is most directly impacted by the stressor, but also helping, you know, the, let's say the healthcare member, um, team member understand the impact on the family as well. So it's, it's structured processes for developing that communication and then also developing coping skills that work for the family. Maybe it's setting up new rituals and routines. Maybe it's having a plan of how to deal with certain triggers if they're coming up. But that is a critical piece. We can't, we can't think about this you know, as just one person's problem and leave it in isolation. We have to be holistic in our approach. Frontline healthcare workers, first responders, and residents throughout the metropolitan New York region may be too familiar with epic events, including the AIDS crisis, the terror attacks of 9-11, and Superstorm Sandy. I asked Dr. Bellison if those disasters, warlike experiences, informed his colleagues' response to the first terrible wave of COVID-19. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. You know, I think that on the one hand, you're right. The New York region has been through so much. On the other hand, it, it did prepare us in ways that um, maybe we wouldn't have been prepared. We have team members, I have colleagues, Dr. Peter D'Amico, Dr. Rebecca Schwartz, who were playing critical roles in our center and were instrumental in our initial efforts, along with uh, many other behavioral health providers and, and psychologists and, and, and psychiatrists within our system that had had the experience of dealing with disasters to be able to apply to this pandemic. And that's where, you know, we pulled from our knowledge base of what to do. In 9-11, we didn't have the clarity on what are the factors that promote resilience and recovery. And it was, in fact, partly because of 9-11 that processes and systems uh, were developed, such as programs called psychological first aid, skills for psychological recovery, and ultimately the stress first aid model that we're using, which was deployed for the military in Iraq and Afghanistan. 
So all of those programs and practices were developed in part because of these past disasters. I would say that it is a bit different in that many of the other disasters like Hurricane Sandy and 9-11 were uh, limited time events, right? They occurred and then there was a long period of recovery. This has been a long chronic period of a disaster and then we'll see how the recovery is even afterwards. And that's why I think in some ways it is a little bit more similar as we've been talking earlier as well to kind of the experience of being at war where it's a uncertain period of duration and exposure to um, chronic stress. We're fortunate that we have that history to draw upon to help us going forward and you know we hope that we can end this battle soon. Thank you Dr. Mayor Bellison. To find out more about the Center for Traumatic Stress, Resilience, and Recovery, look to northwell.edu. Be well. I'm David North. <laughs>